Well, good morning, Centerpoint Church. How is everybody doing today? You guys good? You look great. You guys look like you, you had a good meal at Thanksgiving, and uh, it's good to see everybody. If you're, if you're new here, I want to say welcome. My name's James. I'm the next-gen pastor of the church, and uh, just honored and privileged to be here. Um, I haven't been here for a couple of weeks, because it feels, so it feels a little nostalgic for me. Uh, I had a baby, and I want to introduce you to him. That's Abel, Abel Jameson Franz. Yep. I love his, his little astronaut outfit. It says, my little guy. And then there's another picture of him. Yeah, full head of hair. That's not a wig. Um, <clears throat> and uh, he's awesome. Um, I feel like I'm growing more uh, just in the last month of having a baby than I did in four years of ministry. So... Um, <laughs> Um, but uh, listen, um, I just want to say that we're, we're, we're in a series, right in the middle of a series uh, called No Hype, and, and we have a graphic for that. But in the No Hype series, we've been talking about uh, the life of Jesus, and we've been looking at how uh, Jesus did more than just uh, the Sermon on the Mount and Beatitudes. He also lived a radical lifestyle of bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth, um, and that happened through the casting out of spirits, through the healing of the sick, through um, words of knowledge, through things that were... Uh, merely impossible for um, us as humans, but with the Spirit of God, all things are possible. And so um, I'm honored and excited to preach week five of this series. And I want to tell you this, that um, there's a, that, that chair drop that was on your chair. Please give that to somebody and invite them to church um, for our Christmas services. We really want to uh, be a bringer and to um, bring people into Centerpoint so that they can experience the presence of God and so that they can experience the Father's love and, and the miraculous story of the birth of Jesus and that we can start out 2020 with your friends being saved. Amen? Amen. So let's, let's bring some people to church. Um, if you brought a Bible, please turn with me to the Gospels of Mark, chapter 9. And, um, and while you're turning there on your, in your Bible or on your phone or your iPad, um, we're going to be uh, talking about a specific story where um, heading up to this, Jesus has taken Peter, James, and John to the mountain. And for six days, they have not been eating. And they are now on the seventh day when God speaks uh, to Peter, James, and John, and he shows them uh, the cloud, and the father that is in the cloud speaks and says that this is my son, and Moses and Elijah show up, and Jesus, his face changes, and, and his glory is revealed, and we see that this is the mountain of transfigurations, and Jesus didn't take all the disciples. He only took Peter, James, and John. So we pick up in the story when Jesus comes back down the mountain and sees that there's a great multitude, a crowd waiting at the bottom of the mountain with the nine disciples who didn't go with him. And I want to just set this up well by saying this. When Jesus was baptized in the water in the beginnings of the gospel, the heavens were, were open and the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, came and landed on Jesus. And he goes into the desert for 40 days fasting. Jesus has the Holy Spirit on him. The disciples do not have the Holy Spirit yet until after Jesus leaves. Jesus, at the end of the gospel, he says, he said, it's better that I go because I'm going to send the advocate, meaning the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he will come in power. So at this time, this is important, the disciples do not have the Holy Spirit. Jesus has the Spirit of the living God live on him. And so Jesus shows up on the scene and there's an argument happening. Because there's this boy who is tormented by an evil spirit, and the disciples are trying to cast out a spirit with no power. 
and they're in an argument because they can't do it. And I think what was really interesting as I began to prepare for this message was it says that there wasn't just a small crowd, it says there was a great multitude. And I think sometimes we say that God showed up when a great crowd shows up. But God hadn't showed up on the scene yet and there was a great multitude. And so um, when Jesus shows up on the scene, that's where we pick up. Mark chapter nine, starting in verse 14. Shout at me if you're there and let's get going. And when he came to the disciples, meaning Jesus, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately, everybody say immediately. immediately. When they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? I love when Jesus asks a question, but he already knows the answer because he's God and he knows all things. But this is how he starts the conversation. Then one of the crowd one in the crowd said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth, gnashing his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Why could they not? Because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. He answered him and said, oh, faithless generation. Now Jesus is talking to his disciples. Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. So now the disciples are bringing the boy to Jesus. And I bet this is when everybody's phones came out and they started Instagramming everything. Like, it's about to get real. Check this out. And he answered him and said, um, sorry, verse 20. Then they brought him to him. And when he, the boy, saw him, or the spirit on the boy saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Jesus, because he has no hype, he just has a conversation with the father while the boy is just having a seizure on the ground. And he says, so how long has this been happening to him? He said, can, I just, can we just hit pause for a second real quick? Like, when I read that, I was like, geez, that kind of messed up a little bit. Like, you know, you could have taken care of that right there, but he's, you know, he's like, well, you know, like, I just wanted to know what, how long has this been happening? I'm about to do something greater than just heal the boy. I'm about to do something with the father's heart. And, and uh, so he says, since childhood, we pick up in verse 22, and often he has thrown him both into the fire, meaning the spirit, throwing the, the boy into the fire and into water to destroy him. And listen what the, boy, the boy's father says, but if you can do anything, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. The boy's father, the way he phrases it, you can almost tell that there's faith, but there's a little bit of some unbelief in there. Why? Because there's history of, of no one being able to help his son who's been struggling with this tormenting spirit for years. Verse 24, I'm sorry, verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you, the father, can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, somebody caught that. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, he called him Lord. He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. How many know that that's where the no hype comes in? Yeah, we, we, we can talk about belief all day, but when you got to wrestle with that unbelief, when you got to grapple with the Lord and say, God, I've been sick for years and nothing's happened. God, I've been tormented by the spirit and I can't seem to shake it. I believe, but help me with my unbelief. I believe God wants to do something today. Verse 25, when Jesus saw the people and came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit saying to a deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out and convulsed him greatly and came out of him and he became as one dead. So many said he is dead. This is the gospel. When someone said you were dead, but Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. 
And when he came into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus' response, he said to them, this kind can only come out but by prayer and by fasting. I want to preach part five of the series No Hype by this message title, No Hype, Just Holy Spirit. Listen to what I'm about to say. If you believe that healing is impossible, there will always be hype. But if you believe that healing is possible, there's no hype. If you ever see somebody pray for someone and God heals them, and you see that they're just like, they're just like, yeah, God heals someone and they praise God, but then they don't have to post about it. They don't have to tweet about it. They don't have to tell everybody that they did it because they didn't do it. God did it. It's because they probably live in a lifestyle of knowing there's no hype in this. God heals people all the time. If you see somebody who has belief with some unbelief and they pray for somebody with someone and they get healed, whoo, boy, this is going to be all over Instagram, Facebook. It's going to be everywhere because there's, there's some hype. Now, there's a difference between hype and hope isn't there? See, when, when you experience the miraculous and you see God do something that to us is impossible, but he does it, that's why when the, when the boy is uh, having a seizure on the ground and that by that tormenting spirit, Jesus doesn't even like, oh my gosh, all right, everybody, get ready. I'm about to do something crazy. I'm about to heal this boy right now. Instead, he's just like, the boy's foaming at the mountain. He's like, so how long has this been happening? <laughs> like, I, I actually put ha-ha in my Bible because I, I, I was like, I was like, that just shows me how laid back Jesus is. You know, like, he's just like, in my perfect timing and in my perfect will, I will take care of every sickness, every disease, because I love my children, because I'm for them and not against them, because I'm a good, good father that when you ask for bread, I do not give you stones. And, um, and so in this passage of scripture, there's, there's a few things I want to point out, and I want to talk about the Holy Spirit today. Um, and, and it's very important that I set it up this way. Write this down. Um, if, if you want to live in a lifestyle of the supernatural, you have to create the right atmosphere. You have to create the right atmosphere. Um, I, I, I love that the last verse, if we could put it back up there, the last verse in the book of Mark when the disciples are asking, so why couldn't we cast out the spirit? And Jesus says to them, you can only cast out these kind of spirits by prayer and by fasting. This made me question so then the disciples, when you were trying to take out the spirit, if you weren't praying, by what source were you trying to get out the spirit? And Jesus is basically saying, if you ask for anything in my name, I will do it that the Father may be glorified. And so if you aren't, if you aren't trying to, let me say it this way, if you're trying to take care of a demonic spirit or you're trying to deal with the tormenting spirit, it is by the power source of the Holy Spirit that all things are possible. So we have to create the right atmosphere. Now, have you ever just been in a situation where you came into a room, or let's just say you came into a car, and, uh, and there was tension in the car? Um, as, a, as a high school student, my mom and dad are in the second row. Hi, mom and dad. I, I just remember, I remember um, sometimes getting in the car, and I, I could tell that mom and dad have gotten in an argument maybe once or twice, and, and, uh, <laughs> and um, I just remember getting in the car and be like, oh, wow, like, I could just feel the tension. Like, you know, like, you know, when you get in the car, you're like, dang, somebody's been fighting, right? You know, and, and, and I say that just to say this, you can feel when there is something happening in the atmosphere. 
We are, we are prone to feel these things. And, and there's this beautiful passage of scripture. It's in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel 16. It's after David is anointed to be king and the spirit of the Lord leaves King Saul. And it says that a tormenting spirit of depression and fear came on King Saul. And it says that whenever Saul was tormented by a spirit of fear and depression, that he would call in the young boy, David, to bring his harp. And whenever David would come into the castle that was dark and filled with depression and fear, David would begin to play his harp. And when he played his harp, praise filled the palace. And when praise began to fill the atmosphere of the room of which the tormenting spirit was there, the tormenting spirit would be driven out of King Solomon. It, you got to look it up for yourself if you don't believe me. Because it, when David would begin to play his harp, all of a sudden darkness that was on King Solomon as he sat on his throne would begin to drive out from within him. And the light of heaven would come into that dark, cold palace. And depression would leave and joy would come. And there was a fullness and a fillness. And I want to tell you today, the, the, the Bible says in Psalms chapter 34, verse 1, I want to read it to you. It says this. Check this. This is about prayer and creating the right atmosphere. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, church, and let us exalt his name together. Verse four, I sought the Lord. This is prayer. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. You want to know how to drive out a tormenting spirit of anxiety and fear and depression? Seek the Lord. Pray to him, open your mouth, begin to create the right atmosphere. Like King uh, Solomon, when he, Saul, when he, when he was tormented by the spirit and, and David would begin to play his heart, praise would begin to fill the atmosphere of the room and that tormenting spirit couldn't stay. The same reason why the disciples were trying to cast out a spirit, but there was no atmosphere, there was no presence of the Holy Spirit. God, Jesus was not present there. They could not do it without him. And I want to tell you this, guys, is that if, if, you, if you're struggling with something, if you're tormented by an evil spirit, do not make pronouncements against yourself. The enemy cannot curse you, but he wants you to curse you. So the enemy wants you to start projecting things out of your own mouth to say, I'm never going to make it. To say that I'm not good enough. To start saying things about your finances. I don't even want to say it out of my mouth right now in this room. But start talking about your finances. Start talking about your family. Start talking about your sons or your daughters. The enemy wants you to curse you. So you know how you reverse the curse? You start speaking blessings. You start saying, God, you've been faithful before. You're going to be faithful again. God, you did it in my life. You'll do it in my son's life. God, I know that you freed my father from addiction. You're going to free my son from addiction. God, you're going to make a way because you're the way maker. I trust you even when I feel like everybody else has left me. My God will never fail me. My God will never turn his back on me. My God, why don't we give God a five-second praise break right now? Why don't you just thank him for what he's already done in this place? Come on, church. We can do better than that. Isn't he worthy? Isn't he worth it? Woo! You want to get a spirit to drive out of your house real quickly? You start putting some worship music on. <laughs> I remember, actually, this is funny, actually. I remember this. When my parents moved into our, our house that we've been living in for 20-something uh, years, 
Um, I remembered that the previous owners of that house, they struggled with, uh, the, the, the woman had uh, schizophrenic um, and, and also um, had just like severe anxiety. And, um, and we bought the house. There was cameras all throughout the house. There was special locks on the doors. And, um, and, and we moved into this house and, and there was nothing in the house. We were the owners of the house, but we felt just anxiety, like just like fear. We just felt it. And, and so we had to go back to the South Bay to get all of our stuff and bring it back to Marietta. And so what we did was we put a boombox in one of the rooms, a CD player, and just put worship music on a repeat. And we left it playing there for a couple of days. We came back into the house and there was no more spirits in our house. Because that's what worship does. When you begin to just let praise and worship and words that are edifying and good and true and noble and pure, and those things begin to come out of your mouth, watch as darkness flees out of your house today. Watch this week as, as, as negativity and gross and, and just filthy language and all these things that are just like muck in your house. Watch it be driven out. It's amazing what will happen if you just put worship music on in your house. It's amazing what will happen if you just let the presence of God just come into your your home. Some of you are trying to battle against your family and battle against your faith. And I want to tell you, bring your faith first into your family, put some worship music on, start reading the words, start praying for your meals together as a family and watch as the presence of God will start driving out the things that are against you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got to create the right atmosphere. Meaning if you're feeling like something is against you, close your mouth Pray to God and then open your mouth and start speaking blessings and truth. That video of my son when he was on the screens, you couldn't hear because my voice was all low because I just was up all night. But in the video, I'm just telling him, I said, I said, you're strong. You're going to be faithful. You are going to be a loving husband one day. You are going to be anointed. You are anointed. You are God's favorite. I just began to just speak blessings over my son. You know why? Because words create worlds. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So Jesus is telling the disciples in private, the only way you're going to get rid of this thing is going to come through prayer and through fasting. And there are different forms of prayer. There's different ways that we pray. But one of the things that I want to, I want to tell you that I think is a common thing between prayer and fasting and, and praise, as we talked about just for a few minutes, is this, is that it is a physical act of obedience with your human body. Here's what I want to tell you. When I clap my hands and I'm preaching, when you clap your hands in the message, when you clap your hands during the song and the worship leader says, why don't we clap our hands? And we start clapping and it's on the one and the three instead of the two and the four. And you're like, I can't even do that. How do you do that? I ain't from the South. You know, you're trying to clap on the one, but you, yeah. Uh, what I want to tell you though is this, is that we don't just like claps because it makes the song sound better. See, when you do a, use your body as an instrument, you join the choir in heaven. So when you start clapping your hands and you start celebrating, you get all of heaven's attention. Think about in Exodus when Moses is battling and the armies are battling. Moses climbs up to this high mountain and he's standing on the mountain looking at this army. And there's no way that they're going to win this war. And Moses is called by God to lift his hands. God says, lift your hands in this place. And so Moses, what does he do? He does a physical act of obedience. He uses his body because he cannot change his circumstance. He lifts his hands and he begins to get the victory. He begins to win the battle. And the Bible says that if, when Moses got tired and his hands started to drop, they started to lose the war. 
So Moses is, uh, had two priests join him up there, Aaron and Hur, and when they lifted his arms back up, they began to win the battle. The victory is yours in worship. I came to tell somebody today that even though all odds are against you, you still have an offering of worship. You can still lift your hands. You can still lift. If you can't lift your hands, lift your voice. If you can't lift your voice, lift your hands and clap your hands and dance. If you can't walk around this place, I remember one time, ah, man, I, remember, I had a bang, so I'm like talking really fast. Um, Stay with me. I hope you're still with me online. Um, I never forget this. Years ago, when I before I was ever preaching, I was I was playing drums at a at a, at a service, and um and a lady came up to me, and she she came up to the front in a wheelchair. I never forget this. She said she said, "Hey, I want to tell you something." She said, "The way that you you dance and the way that you shout in those songs." And, and you clap your hands, she said, she said, I was hit by a car years ago and the doctor said I'd never be able to walk again. She said, I wanted to dance because I used to be a dancer and when you dance in worship, you became my offering of worship to the Lord. Sometimes we don't know why we clap. Sometimes we don't know why we dance. Sometimes we don't know why God tells us to just come to the altar and kneel at the altar. But one thing I do know is this, is that your act of obedience is not always for you, it's for somebody else. And sometimes it just takes you to get out of your comfort zone and start singing and start singing the words as a father. You start singing the words of the songs and actually connecting with your heart. Watch as your sons are looking at you and going, I want to be just like my dad. It's really about creating the right atmosphere. And the second point I want you to write down is this. You got to be filled with the right source got to be filled with the right source. When it comes to fasting, and, and Jesus makes a good point, he says, he says, this spirit can only be casted out through prayer and fasting. Fasting is saying that the things that I desire, I am saying no to, so that I can be emptied of myself and I'm turning my attention to you. So when you would normally be eating a meal, maybe it's just one meal, you say, I'm gonna fast one meal. Instead of that time of going out to Chick-fil-A, even though it's closed today, I'm sorry, I said that to you. I should have said like Applebee's or something. But instead of going and getting a meal, spend that 30 minutes in prayer and in the word. Put some worship music on and say, the things that I desire, I will say no to you so that you will become the thing that I desire. And when, when you do this, Daniel chapter 10, verse 11, it's a powerful verse. God shows up and he speaks to Daniel. He said, because you said no to the things that you desire, you have become greatly desirable to me. When we fast, we are saying no to the things that we are hardwired to love. Listen, I love myself a Chick-fil-A sandwich. But there's something that happens when I deny myself of those things and I say, God, I'm gonna, I'm, I wanna be more hungry for you. I must become less, he must become greater. When we fast, we empty ourselves of the things of our flesh. Listen, if you're fighting against addiction, if you're fighting against a tormenting spirit today, Listen to me, this is very prophetic for you. You cannot beat the flesh with the flesh. If you fight against yourself, you're gonna lose every time. If you wanna beat a tormenting spirit, and it's a spirit, listen to me. If a spirit has the ability that in the morning it calls your name, it is a Lord of your life. And if that spirit is calling you and is, is constantly reeling you back in, you cannot beat it with your own flesh. We do not fight against the things of the spirit with flesh. 
If you wanna beat it, you gotta empty yourself of yourself. How do you do that? You start denying yourself of the things that you feel you are entitled to and you turn your attention to the spirit and you say, God, fill me with you. I want the right source. I don't want this source. I wanna be, how can I be full of that but empty at the same time? Obviously, it's not working. I need to be full of you so I can be empty of that. That's how we start beating the tormenting spirit. That's how we start turning our corner in our life and we start making the changes that need to happen through prayer and fasting. And so we need to be filled with the right source. And I came to tell somebody today that the right source is the power source of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. And uh, Pastor Season, can you grab my car keys and come join me real quick? Um, everybody love Pastor Season? Yeah. It's so good to see you. Love it. Um, okay, so uh, for the camera, stand, take a couple steps back. There we go. And uh, turn towards me. Um, how many of you guys know that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of the believer? Okay, now listen to what I'm about to say. When you gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead came and dwelled within you, but there is a difference between being given something and receiving something. So I want you to just hold out your hand, uh, close it. That's good, yeah, right there. So when you gave your life to the Lord, it was the Holy Spirit who prompted you to receive Jesus. So you've already had an interaction with the Holy Spirit because no one can even say Jesus Christ is Lord without the Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit decided that he wanted to give himself to you because you gave your life to the Lord, keep your hand close, he gave you the Holy Spirit, but because you did not receive it, you've been given it, but you haven't received it. So what you need to do is you need to open up your heart, open up your hands, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit today. So... So what am I saying to you? Maybe you have more degrees than I have hair on my head. Maybe you've been a Christian for 30, 40 years, and you think that you have it all figured out. If you have not received the Holy Spirit, you are dead inside. You've been given the spirit of the living God. It is for you as a gift. It, it, it is not based upon whether you're right or wrong. It's just based upon your faith of asking and believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will come and dwell within you. And it says, it even says that the world is looking for him but will not find him. But if you will open up your heart and open up your hands, the Holy Spirit is yours today. Amen, church? Take my keys. Amen. Why is this so important? Why, why do we need the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not an it. Sometimes we, 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 we talk about the Holy Spirit as like, you know, it healed him. It's, it's not an it, it's a person. He's a person. It, when it talks about him in scripture, Jesus says, listen, this is, this is gonna sound like hype, but this is no hype. It is better for you that I go because if I don't go, he, not it, he will not come. And when he comes, he will come in power. He will come in tongues of fire. He will come in, in, a, in, in, in a breath of fresh wind. It's, it's, it's the dry bones, the dead bones coming to life. When he comes, he is going to come in power. And, and so I say that to tell you this. He, because he is a person, he has a mind of his own. He has his own thoughts. He has a mouth to speak. He can speak his own words. That's why we call him the counselor. That's why we call him the advocate or the teacher or your support, or your standby, the source of strength. 
He has a mind to speak. And so that's why the Bible says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by your lifestyle, by the choices that we make, because he is a person. He's been given to you, but when we choose to live in the things of our flesh and be way more connected to the things of this world than, than, than him, there, it grieves him. And so I tell you this to say this. Some of you are like, well, I've been to Seek Week and I've received the Holy Spirit and it's all good. No, it's time for you to burn out that old flame and be renewed with a fresh fire today. There is a fresh wind for you, a fresh fire for you, a fresh, uh, a, a new wine for you today. God wants to upgrade your wine skin today. I believe that it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's not go into 2020 carrying the garbage from 2019. Is anybody else ready to just leave some things, step into a new season filled with the power of the Holy Ghost today? And so how do we be filled more with the Holy Spirit? I wanna tell you, it's very simple. Receive the gift of tongues today. If you don't have the gift of tongues, I want to tell you, it is a beautiful gift, and it is recorded in Scripture. So if you're saying, man, you know, like, I was with you, Pastor, up until you started talking about tongues, and, and then you started talking about tongues, and that just sounds like jibber-jabber, and uh, it sounds like my baby talking, and, and I just, I don't understand it. It's kind of weird. I want to tell you this, guys. It is recorded in Scripture, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. If you don't believe in the gifts of tongues, you are discrediting part of the Bible. It is God's gift to you. But so let's just talk about the, the gift of tongues for just a minute. Let's talk about it. The Bible talks about that when you speak in an utterance of words that cannot be explained, you actually bypass man and you go straight to the Father. How many of you want to just go straight in? How many of you just want to get straight to the answer, get straight to wisdom, get straight to counsel, get straight to strength? How many of you just want to go straight into the presence of the Lord? I'm convinced that, that when I have a difficult meeting or, or I meet with a, with a family who's lost someone and I got I to gotta preach that week, understand that pastors, we, we, d d despite how terrible our week is, we still have to come on Sunday to encourage and give a word that, that lifts up people's hearts and souls. And sometimes I don't feel like preaching because of what I've gone through in the week, but there's one thing I do know. When I begin to pray in tongues, when I begin to say, I don't know what I'm saying right now, but Holy Spirit, you have a mouth of your own to speak on my behalf, and I believe that what you are saying on my behalf is connecting with the heart of the Father, and my Father knows that my son is grieving, and when he's grieving, I will turn mourning into dancing. I will turn grieving into joy. There's something that happens when you begin to pray in an unknown tongue, your prayer tongue, the heaven's tongue, the Holy Spirit. When you begin to speak to God, even though you don't understand, it is faith. And when faith begins to move, mountains move. So what does the Bible say more about tongues? It says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. This is another reason why we need the Holy Spirit. For we do not know what we should pray for as we are. Have you ever just known that you needed to talk to God, but you didn't even know how to say help? Like you didn't even know how to really articulate what's going on. Maybe you had a difficult uh, conversation you need to have, and you just, you're like, God, I just know this is going to go really bad, and I just need wisdom from you. So will you just tell me what I need to say? When you begin to pray in tongues, the spirit of the living God will give you counsel and wisdom, but the spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, God will speak on your behalf. The Holy Spirit will begin to tell you what you need to know. This is another reason why we need the Holy Spirit more than we've ever needed him today. 
We need the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Can I tell you something? When you receive the Holy Spirit, you will begin to love everybody. Yeah. I, I, th- I question people of whether or not they're, they're, they're operating in, in inviting the Holy Spirit in when they are uh, difficult or, or don't love people. Because I, I do know this, that when, when he comes on you, you can't help but love people. Last night, we were in a service here. There was a boy that, that I could just tell was grumpy. And, and at the end of the message, he couldn't stop hugging everybody as he left the room. You know why? Because when the Spirit of the Lord gets on you, you can't help but operate in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Why else do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Um, my, my wife was diagnosed in 2014 with an autoimmune disease called lupus. And um, this was a turning point in my faith, in my journey. Um, both of ours, really, we'd never be the same after this. There, there's nothing like um, going through something that you can't change. Let me say it this way. I tried everything that I could in my physical power. Doctors tried, and there was nothing that we could do to help Brooke with, with lupus. And so I turned to God. And when I turned to God, we, we went to this conference, and it, it was a worship conference in the Valley. It was in 2014 in an old building, and Brooke and I were standing in the, one of the front rows, and we're worshiping together, and, 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 and my wife grabs my hand, and, and I look over her, and she's in tears. And, and the reason why she was in tears, and you might understand this if you've ever been sick, is that when you, when you have an autoimmune disease, her body was in so much pain, she couldn't lift her arms. And all she wanted to do was do like what Moses did and lift his arms for the victory. But she couldn't even lift her arms on her own because of the pain that she was going through. And the doctor, or not the doctor, the, the, the pastor gave this message about receiving the Holy Spirit. And she received the Holy Spirit. She opened her heart and she said, yes, I want that for me. I want the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of the Lord came on my wife and she began to pray in tongues. She'd never spoken tongues before. And when she began to pray in tongues and worship, I watched her arms begin to get stronger because the strength of the living God came on her. And that was the power source. And her arms went up and she began to worship. And I came to tell somebody today, she don't have autoimmune disease anymore. She's completely healed because the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in my wife and came on her. That is the power source. Be filled with the Holy Spirit today. Be filled with the presence of God. Don't say no. Don't stifle. Turn to him today. Repent of your sins and turn to God and watch what God will do in your life. Watch what he will do. We cannot win fighting the things of, of, of the kingdom of darkness in our own power, our own strength, and our own mind. We need the Holy Spirit today. We need him. And I want to invite um, the band out or just the keys out actually if, if, um, if I can get Nick. And uh, Nick, hop on the keys. Um, and while he's getting ready, we're going to do something. How many of you want to go deeper today? Okay, okay. All right, how about this side? I didn't look over here yet. Okay, just checking, just checking, just checking. Um, what I want Nick to do is, um, last night we had your cousin, right, Michael? Michael played keys, and I, I told uh, Michael a long time ago, he's our keyboard player in the youth room, I said, I said, you have a particular gift when you play it's like you hear fresh melodies from heaven. And, um, and I believe that the same anointing that is on Michael is also on Nick. And so the same way that when David would play the harp and it would fill the palace with praise and the tormenting spirits would be driven out, I believe that that anointing and that presence is in this room right now. And so what I'm gonna ask you to do, what I'm gonna ask you to do is just to just wait on the presence of the Lord if you feel like clapping, if you feel like shouting, if you feel like dancing, if you feel like standing to your feet, if you need to come to the altar, I'm gonna ask Nick to just hear from heaven.
play whatever melody you hear. And let's watch in faith as these tormenting spirits of depression, anxiety, fear, suicidal thoughts, spirit of addiction, spirit of Jezebel, wickedness is going to be driven out of this room. How do you believe that God will do it right now? I just need a little bit of faith, enough faith to crack the room open. Play from heaven. fresh wind Lord we've been distant some of us we've been numb we felt space between us and I hear the Lord saying it feels good to be home doesn't it telling you things that you need to turn away from and this is the season. Don't go into 2020 carrying some of this stuff. It's time to leave it at the altar. For some, so I believe some people are supposed to come to the altar. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Right now in the presence of the Lord, if, if you do not know Jesus and you want to give your life to the Lord, He is ever present in times of trouble. I love that. He's ever-present. He's not just here or there. He's present, ever-present. He knows your problems. He knows what you're going through. He knows your situation. He knows the struggles. If you're ready to give your life to Jesus and say, I can't do this without you. I need you. I repent of my sins, and I turn to you to be the Lord of my life. If you want to give your life to Jesus, would you just do me a favor? Would you just stand to, your, stand to your feet if you want to give your life to Jesus? It's okay. I'm just looking for new people to stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Right now, in the presence of the Lord, pray this prayer if you're ready to give your life to him. Jesus, I give my life to you. I choose to trust you. I'm sorry 
for where I've done this without you. I ask for your forgiveness. Wash me today that I may be white as snow and clean from sin. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit to help me in my times of struggle and in my times of need. I choose to rely on only you. You are enough. I say it again, you are more than enough in Jesus' name. In your name I pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.